This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Bennett Staley is the Kendall Roy of NFL coaches. <laughs> it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Our, our pregame, our pre-show discussion today about how last night we're watching the Chargers and the Cowboys, and we're just thinking that, you know, they're led by these two coaches. They make so many mistakes. They look like they're so out of whack. They just don't know what to do in certain situations. It it just, you said, these are not serious teams, and, and the Chargers are not a serious team, and it just reminded me of that Logan Roy line from Succession this year. You're not serious people, and that's that's what this feels like because I'm watching the Chargers last night, and, I mean, first of all, they've become a verb. The Chargers going to charge her. And last night, fourth and one, what's the plan down at the goal line? They don't seem to know. Let's take a timeout. It wasn't, wasn't the worst thing in the world, but... Nobody ever feels like they have a plan as to what they're doing. It never feels like they are in a situation and everybody's locked in because they've been trained so many times. End of the game. Um, Herbert gets sacked with 155 left. They didn't snap it again, Joe, until 130 on the clock. Like, it's just, it's massively dumb mistakes in addition to the nine penalties that make the Chargers so difficult to take seriously. And I am sure each and every week, as coaches are preparing for the Chargers, they look at it and they don't take them seriously from a leadership standpoint. No one should take them seriously. And to to the point from earlier, I, I, I take the Cowboys seriously. They might struggle. I think the Chargers are the team you can take the least serious in the NFL. They don't take themselves seriously. I mean, let's, let's, let's take a look at their current existence, right? Um, they don't own their stadium. They, they pay rent to another NFL team. Is anyone yeah. else doing that? Is anyone else paying rent to another NFL team? They didn't have the juice in San Diego to get themselves their own stadium, so they had to leave the city. But unlike the Rams, who went to L.A., paid for their own stadium, set themselves up nicely as the premier team, the Chargers showed up with nothing, hat in hand, and basically asked if they could rent that stadium. Their stadium situation isn't serious. Yep. Their coaching situation isn't, isn't serious. Brandon Staley's a guy who had no head coaching experience prior to that. No big deal. But one of the primary reasons you got him was because he was cheap. The Chargers are notoriously cheap. So they're not going to go out there looking for the absolute best because that costs too much money. They want to go out there and find something cost effective. Well, you get what you pay for. Your head coach just manages himself out of games left and right. Do you know that dating back to the start of last season, including the playoffs, the Chargers have played 23 total games. 18 have been decided by one score. 18. 18 of their last 23 games have been decided by one score. And the guy you don't want calling your your shots in a one-score game is Brandon Staley because he can't seem to figure out how to pull it off. Either he makes the right decision and they can't execute or he makes the wrong decision and, again, they can't execute. So they're not serious from a coaching standpoint. They're not serious from an organizational standpoint. And as a result, no one takes them seriously. And, And this is where we are with the Chargers. We talked about it a little bit last week. You want to gain some credibility. You want to actually contend. You want to be be thought of in a way that is anything other than a joke, which is how everyone thinks of you. I mean, you go on Twitter last night at the end of the game. Every single Charger game ends the same way, right? That's all everyone yeah. says. It's everyone making jokes at their expense because that's who they are. If Belichick isn't back in New England, 
pony up and go bring Bill Belichick to town because he may have lost his fastball, but I'll tell you what, the team's going to button itself up a little bit. You're not going to have all these penalties at every turn. You're not going to have all these stupid turnovers at every turn. You're not going to consistently find yourself behind the eight ball. That's a guy who can come in and clean things up a little bit because this is a team that lacks discipline. They lack identity. They lack toughness. They lack everything. The one thing they have, shockingly enough, is talent. They have talent. Yeah. They've had talent for two decades. They've done nothing with it. Yeah, listen, I think that's fair. I do wonder from a Belichick standpoint, I mean, everything that you just said regarding the Chargers could describe the Patriots this season. Can he still get through, outside of the talent part, can he still get through to players in not making mistakes and that kind of thing like he used to? Because that feels like that's an issue at the moment. Now... He brings Having, credibility to the table, something they does. sorely lack. He absolutely does. It's unfortunate that they're never going to do it because of exactly what you just said. They're just going to go higher the next just a guy. You know, the next guy who's supposed to be a coordinator, who's going to be a good head coach, or the next retread as a head coach. I mean... If Ron Rivera got fired by Washington this year, tell me you couldn't see him with the Chargers. Right, right. You could absolutely see that. that. But you're right. You're right. Because of all those things, you can't take them seriously. And by the way, they're paying ridiculous rent on a building that they can't even get their own fans to show up to. It's a home game for everybody else. Because everybody else sees it as a nice little destination. You got, a, you, you got a minute here. I want to do something. I want to play a little experiment. Please. You go back the last 20-plus years. I'm going to read off some of the talent that has walked through that organization. Okay. And as I'm reading these names off, I want you to think to yourself that during the last 20-plus years with all this talent, they made one appearance in the AFC Championship game and didn't win it. And that's okay. They were going up against Brady and Manning and Roethlisberger. But think about the Charger playoff history over the last 20-plus years. As I say names like Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Justin Herbert, LaDainian Tomlinson, Darren Sproles, Austin Eckler, Lorenzo Neal, Nick Hardwick, Chris Dealman, Marcus McNeil, Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, Keenan Allen, Sean Merriman, Eric Weddle, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Quinton Jammer, Antonio Cromartie, Derwin James, Jamal Williams, Sean Phillips, Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau. Mike Skyfers as a punter was fantastic for a while. And that's just me scratching the surface. This organization has had quarterback stability for two decades. They've done nothing with it. They've that, had Hall yeah. of Fame play at tight end, at, at running back on both lines. They've had solid defenses. They have had more. I don't think there's an organization in sports, but we'll just keep this to pro football, that has had that much talent and gotten that little out of it over this long a period of time than the Chargers. Is there even a case to be made anywhere else? No. And here's the problem. You could have stopped on that list with the quarterbacks. Right. And that statement you made. Quarterback stability for two decades. Think about that and and how little they've done. They had the chance to make it work with Drew Brees, and they couldn't, and he went somewhere else and turned into a Hall of Fame career. Right? Won a Super Bowl. Yep. They had a Hall of Fame quarterback for 15 years with Phillip Rivers and didn't win a damn thing. And now they've got Justin Herbert. And I want to talk about Justin Herbert for a second here. We are treating him with kid gloves. We are looking at the Chargers organization and the coaching and everything else, all the ineptitude that you just detailed. 
and we're letting him off the hook because of that. There were times that Justin Herbert last night could have won that game. Justin Herbert, with a couple of those throws that he missed, wins that game. I I do believe that he is not catching enough flack right now for somebody that just got paid, that has put up good numbers, and I don't think there's any doubt, is a franchise quarterback. But if we're going to be truthful about it, he's played a role in not winning enough of these games, Joe. He really has, and he's not catching a whole lot of heat about that. And that needs to change a little bit, or at least his play needs to change to add up to more wins here. I don't feel like the Chargers have fully lost in spite of amazing play from Justin Herbert. I feel like they have been helped out a little bit here and there by Justin Herbert making some mistakes. Well, part of it is the fact that he hasn't been good enough to cover up the problems of the head coach. The head coach digs them a lot of holes. Chris Canty always says, you cannot overcome bad coaching. Right. I mean, you can only do so much. And he's tried. and, And he has put up good numbers. And he's shown you he can be a franchise guy. But... It's it, The most telling example of all of this was that playoff game against Jacksonville last year where they blew that lead. Was it 28-3, 28-7? I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And after they blow it, Staley's getting crushed. Everyone says he needs to be fired. And everyone's making their typical Chargers going to Charger jokes. Herbert didn't take any heat at all. The Chargers scored zero points in the second half. Yep. Like, all the heat that was passed around, your franchise guy who you paid quite handsomely to be the most expensive quarterback in the NFL this offseason, he could have led a scoring drive or two. It's not like you were on the road in New England in the Brady heyday in the snow. You were in Jacksonville taking on the Jaguars who had just gotten rid of Urban Meyer a year before. Like, you could have scored a singular touchdown to, like, help your cause. But he didn't, and they couldn't. And the reason comes back to where all this started. He doesn't take the heat for these shortcomings because no one takes them seriously. There's no one out there that takes the Chargers serious enough to go after the quarterback when he plays poorly. You take the Jets serious and you go after Zach Wilson. You take the Cowboys serious and you go after Dick Prescott. We even take the damn Chicago Bears seriously and we go after Justin Fields. But we don't take the Chargers seriously because they're an afterthought when it comes to NFL franchises. We've seen the story so often, so many years in a row, where they will take talent and they will squander it, and they'll blow it in the most spectacular of fashions, that it always boils down to one thing. Chargers gonna charger. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We mentioned Bill Belichick. Coming up, we're going to have a pool party. Mm. Quite possibly the hardest question that we have faced so far is on the way. I'm excited for that. Carlin versus Joe. You're welcome on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Slide on your speed up. Chris Carlin in the his house. Put on those floaties and grab a margarita. It's a Carlin versus Joe Pooh party. Is there anything better than a swim-up bar? Ooh, I got it. Yes, I know. What? A swim-up blackjack bar. Ah! <laughs> Where is that in Vegas? Who has Caesar's that? Palace. Caesar's has that? I'm, 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 I'd imagine there's others. The first one that comes to mind, because I know I've played it, Caesar's Palace. Now, credit to them. They take full advantage of the fact that it's so rare that they're not going to pay you the right odds on blackjack and all yeah, the other six stuff. Yeah, five and all that stuff, yeah. But, you're, you know, you're paying for the ambiance, so, yeah. you know, you deal with it. How, how do, you, do the cards get wet? Like The cards are still up at a table. Like, you come up and the stool is in the pool, so right. you're, like, sitting on a stool, but you're leaning over the top. So they can get wet, sure, but, you know, most people are able to keep it under control. Yeah, most people. You're not doing. You're not playing blackjack underwater. <laughs> oh, I know that. Thank you. Well, I just didn't know if maybe they did it under some glass or something to protect the cards from getting wet and marking no. them. And I'm thinking about cheating all the time. It's Carlin versus Joe, <laughs> ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. It's time for a pool party, and our guy Evan Wilner is here to tell us what we can do for this pool party. Mr. Wilner, the floor is yours. Uh, Evan is not in the control room. However, Carlin I am, forgot. And Carlin forgot how this bit works. Yeah, it's Joe, you you do it, right? I host it. Yes. Oh, I thought I thought Evan hosted it. No. All right. Well, good talk. Big day for you. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking on the Zoom, and Evan is not in front of the camera as Carlin is setting this. I up. thought he went over to <laughs> some other microphone. <laughs> I thought he went into the studio. All right. Pool number There's one. There's Evan right now. <laughs> yeah, there, there he is right next yes. to he, he, he's It's in his <laughs> Halloween costume. It's uh, He's going into a fax machine this year. Uh, all right. Uh, <clears throat> let me reset. Okay, time for a pool party. And here to host the pool party, Joe Fortenbaugh, Joe. <laughs> all right. Pool number one, choose one of the following. The Super Bowl winning coach who will go on to win another Super Bowl. Option A, Bill Belichick. Option B, Pete Carroll. Option C, Sean Payton. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. If you I mean, it, more likely than not, none of them win another yeah. one, but you got to choose one. But my answer is not no on this one. My answer would be Pete Carroll. Hmm? Pete Carroll isn't going to be in the best situation to do that. And you know what? Let's just call it what it is with Pete Carroll. Every time we don't expect them to be very good, they find a way to be good. They find a way to be decent, and they... They kind of build it up, and that also means that every time we think they're pretty good, they turn out to be a lot better than we thought. I'll say it's Pete Carroll. 
Oz, crazy as this sounds, I'll lean to Sean Payton here. I think he's the youngest of the three, which I guess gives me a tactical edge in that department. And if he does blow up Denver the way many people think he's going to blow it up, and he ends up with a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake May, maybe he's able to build that thing up in the next couple of years to where, I don't know, Kansas City maybe takes a step back and he's able to take advantage of it. Not overly confident on it, but I would go with Sean Payton. Pool party number two. Splash around with the following three and tell me which of the following wide receivers is most likely to be traded before the October 31st deadline. Carolina's Adam Thielen, Denver's Cortland Sutton, Tennessee's DeAndre Hopkins. Most likely to be traded, I would say Hopkins, the guy that can help you above the others. See what Adam Thielen's doing this year? Oh, baby. With a bad quarterback, well, with bad quarterback play, Adam Thielen's third in the league in receptions. He's, I believe he's, if he's not top ten in the league in yards, he's right there. And same with touchdown uh, touchdown receptions, too. Adam Thielen is having a very nice season individually at Carolina. I could see him going somewhere else and really being a big help. Okay, he's having a great season. I'm glad you made that point because he's not getting enough credit for it. I just can't see Carolina drafting a rookie quarterback, taking his top weapon and saying, sorry, he's gone too. Uh, We know before you got here, we traded away DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. We're going to get rid of Adam Thielen as well. The Panthers are a mess, especially on offense. I don't think they can be giving up any weapons they have right now. DeAndre Hopkins feels most likely because it – It feels like Tennessee continues to get further and further away from that AFC championship game. They were in against Kansas City a few years ago. The quarterback situation looks unresolved and in transition. Mike Vrabel could be on his way out the door. Hopkins is there on a one-year deal that I think, or basically you can get out of it after one year. I think the thought process is we were going to bring in DeAndre Hopkins and he's going to help us contend for a division. Well, you're not going to contend for the division, so you might as well move on. Pool party number three. The most concerning injury suffered by a member of the San Francisco 49ers. Wide receiver Debo Samuel and his shoulder. Running back Christian McCaffrey and his oblique. Offensive tackle Trent Williams and his ankle. Trent Williams. And, you know, what does that say about our argument not two weeks ago? Not even an argument discussion about Christian McCaffrey as the MVP. Uh, Trent Williams is the most important player in that group to the 49ers' success. Debo Samuel and McCaffrey are both excellent. Don't get me wrong. I still think the 49ers could win, but their offensive line is not great to begin with. And if you take away their best offensive lineman, who also is a left tackle with Brock Purdy, the way he looked the other day, that is big trouble. That is awfully big trouble for the 49ers. Complete agreement because your three primary contenders in the NFC feature Micah Parsons in Dallas. Um, Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit and the Philadelphia Eagles pass rush. So it's got to be Trent Williams because if you lose Debo, you still have Ayuk and Kittle. If you lose McCaffrey, Debo eventually gets healthy. You still have Ayuk and Kittle. There are still weapons. Doesn't mean you're going to be as good. It doesn't mean that these guys aren't worth something, but Trent Williams would be a monster blow to a unit that cannot afford a monster blow. Let's jump into the pool with some NFC teams that could contend to make the playoffs. Of the following three and three NFC teams, teams with three and three records, which is most likely to make the playoffs? The Washington Commanders, the Rams of Los Angeles, the Saints of New Orleans, the Falcons of Atlanta. Oh. The Rams. 
but they they don't have an easy path to it. I just think they're the best of that group. They are. And, I mean, I, I look at the coming weeks. All right, they've got Pittsburgh, but then they've got a road trip to Dallas and Green Bay. And then down the stretch of the season, it's not easy. I'm almost talking myself out of it. But if you're going to make me pick between those three teams, four teams, I'm, abs- four teams, I'm absolutely going to take the Rams because I have no faith in Washington whatsoever. Sam Howell has been sacked 36 times this year. I mean, 36 times already. If it were late December, that's not bad. <laughs> exactly. It ain't. It's still October, dude. It ain't even Halloween yet. It's mid-October. Yeah. Um, to your point, yeah, if we were talking about the best team in that group, it's absolutely the, the Rams. But you t- should have talked yourself out of it when you laid it out. They're yeah. not going to win the division because of the Niners. And right. they also have to contend with Seattle. So they're looking at a wild card berth. The team with the best chance is either the Saints or the Falcons because they're in a lousy division that's up for grabs. Carolina is not contending. I would say it's Atlanta. It, 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 I have no faith in Atlanta, but I think the Saints are terrible. I mean, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL this year, and they have done nothing with it. Absolutely nothing. The offense stinks. The addition of Derek Carr has done nothing for them. They look like an old team on a week-in and week-out basis that has passed its prime and doesn't know its identity and is just waiting for the new organization to come in and change things up. But so that's where I would go. And Atlanta, the rest of the way out, has the easiest schedule of anyone in the NFL. I know, but on principle, those two teams, I can't bring myself to say it. they're going to make it, the playoffs. It's very hard, yeah. You're tr- here's the problem. You're trying to use logic. I'm yeah. trying to use, you know, not emotion, but just fight against my own preconceived notions about brute how those are force. bad football teams. You're just trying to brute force it in. Like you yeah. laid out the case for exactly why the Rams won't be the, the pick, and you're like, I'm gonna, I'm going with the Rams. This this triangle is gonna fit into this circle. I know it. I can fit it in there. Yeah, you pretty much just described my career. I, I, I don't care. No, 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 no. I'm absolutely gonna go try and be a radio talk show host. Absolutely. It's only gonna take 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We have more pool party later in the show. By the way, I dig the beat that we have. It's kind of a funk 70s pool party beat yes. to it. Yeah. I very much like that as well. Hey, guess what? Aaron Rodgers has just spoken about his recovery. Yay. We're going to hear from him next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
he's not playing. Why? Why would you do that? Whether the guy does that, whether the quarterback does that, it's hurt. They just, just stay out of the way. Just, you know, root your team on. You don't have to throw passes. Don't get people excited. That's not, you can't play. You're hurt. Do you think that there's any smarts to trying to come back in the same season for a quarterback that's 40 years old? My opinion is it's the dumbest thing in the world for somebody to think about coming back in the same season from Achilles tear. Go get better, go rehab, and I don't know why you're doing that. All fair questions. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us. And we'll get to that in just a moment on Aaron Rodgers, who was speaking uh, just a few minutes ago. First of all, Danny, congratulations. Dan's son, in the biggest transaction of the week, has committed to be the kicker at Union College, a Division Three yeah. perennial not powerhouse, but very good program. And it's unfortunate because Dan's uh, Union College uh, rooting interest now will have to go up against the Hobart Statesman. Of course, that is my yeah, alma mater. Big game this week, Dan. Sorry to say we're going to break your son's heart when he hasn't even shown up on campus right. yet. Jeez. Well, he's just he's just kind of learning all what the rivalries and everything are. So maybe it, maybe it won't be it won't hit him too hard just yet. Maybe he'll see himself as the solution. Yeah, man. Thank you. It, it, it's it's pretty cool. He he always wanted to play football, and, and, and my wife told him once the only way I'd let you play is if you were the kicker. So about two years ago, he went out and taught himself how to kick. <laughs> he's going to go to college to do it. Unbelievable. So yeah, thanks. That's awesome. I appreciate that's, that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Really, Dan. I was just doing it to mention something about me because your son's about success, Hobart, is, sure. of course, is about me. Yep. Yeah, and there yeah. it is. Big, there it is. Hobart's still big lacrosse power. They I remember they were big. Lacrosse oh, they went D one, Dan, and that was a huge mistake. It's a whole thing we can have uh, another discussion. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, Dan. Anyway. Let's start with uh, the absurdity that yeah. seems to be Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, <laughs> I, I'll put it this way, Dan. I, I, I just think it's a whole lot of trying to get some attention for this thing. And I, I think it's problematic to continue to put it out there that I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. Um, what is your take on this whole situation and, and how it kind of affects the Jets? Well, I, I mean, just from talking to people there, I know they're happy that he's been around. Like, like his presence in the building on the sideline, they feel like it's been a help. Like, it like calms people down. People just kind of feel better having him there for whatever reason. Again, like his his external, you know, persona and the way he carries himself publicly certainly are not endearing in any way. But uh, apparently, if you work with him and know him and associate with him, you know, personally, then it's a different guy. So good for them. Good for him uh, for being like that in the building. In terms of the comeback thing, I mean, I do feel like Aaron has spent the last three years establishing himself pretty clearly as someone, you know, whose opinion on medical matters should be ignored. But, uh, you know, if he thinks he can do it, great. That keeps him going, great. If the team thinks it's possible and that keeps them going, great. I mean, it just doesn't seem realistic at all. I'm not buying the idea that it's some incredible miracle that he's out there throwing a ball. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, he's putting any stress on the Achilles at that point. I, I, if it was a four-month recovery you're talking about early January, if they're even still playing in early January, I, I just think it's incredibly far-fetched. Uh, let's, in fact, hear but, uh, some. But of... I do agree with you that he likes attention. 
Yes. And in fact, here he is just a few moments ago on the Pat McAfee show with his very latest comments on the situation. There's obviously the surgery that uh, Dr. Elitrox did. There's the rehab that I've done uh, and kind of the round the clock approach that I've had. There's implementing the diet um, that I've been doing as well. And then just the power of uh, the power of the minds and the power of the manifestation of the of the desires. Um, all those things together still doesn't get you back on the field. You have to hit a bunch of bunch of different things and and be feeling a certain way. Uh, but you know that's that's the goal. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to put a timetable on it specifically. That makes absolutely no sense. Anybody that does doesn't realize that there's a lot of things that have to happen to get to that point. But it's going to have to be jogging and then explosive moments and then practicing and then uh, everybody signing off on it. And you know hopefully we get to to have that, those conversations. Manifest it, Dan. Manifest it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I tried to manifest a couple weeks ago winning that Powerball jackpot when it was like one point seven billion, but I didn't buy a ticket. So, you know, to his point, you got to actually do the work. Look, I mean, how am I going to sit here and tell somebody not to hope? I mean, I'm sure he'd love to come back. Like, I'm sure that's authentic, right? Like, like I don't think he's. I, I think he would love to be able to be able to come back and play this year. But there's absolutely no one I've spoken to, literally no one, because I haven't spoken to Aaron. There's no one I'm supposed to who thinks it's even remotely possible. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to keep saying it, and, you know, we're going to keep hearing it and talking about it. And I'm sorry, there's one person that I work with closely a couple times a week who thinks it's possible, yeah. and that's Mike yeah. Greenberg. Yeah. But, um, but I think he's, you know, I think he's probably living in a fantasy world on that front. All right, so let's look at it like this. Let's say Rodgers goes through everything. He's feeling good. It's late December. It's early January. His doctors are saying, you know what? You can give it a try. He wants to give it a try. But all of us know the risk involved here, especially for an older quarterback who the Jets are really going to be banking on next season. Do the Jets get to make the final decision, or does Rodgers get to make the final decision? Well, then the Jets get to decide who plays. Like, that's, you know, right? Like, if he's ready to play and they still don't want to take the risk, right? Like, what's their record at, at this hypothetical juncture? They're right, they're like, right there contending for a wild card spot. Eh, you know, maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe if you feel like you're Aaron Rodgers away from, from the Super Bowl then, and he's cleared by your doctors, then I'm sure it'll be tempting. But again, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Um, and if it does, I think you're absolutely right, Joe, that they have to weigh next year because he's certainly in their plans for next year. And, you know, if you go out there and hurt it again, who's to say you're not putting next season in jeopardy at age 40? So, yeah, I think, you know, being smart is, is I'm sure if they get to that point and they're in contention and they feel like he would make the difference, it's going to be tempting. But I think it has to be a purely medical decision, no matter who is manifesting it otherwise. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining us. All right, Dan, we are exactly two weeks away from the trade deadline. Who are you believing at this point could be lo- most likely to get moved by the deadline? Well, the team I immediately go to is the Broncos, right, because Sean Payton's new there, and, and they're having a lousy year, and he may want to you know, start moving out guys that aren't part of his plans long-term, bring in guys that are. So, you know, that they've been talking to teams about their wide receivers since the summertime. They haven't been able to move one of them. Maybe they do. Maybe Jerry Judy's a guy that, that can go help a contender. Maybe, um, you know, Justin Simmons a safety. Maybe, you know, Josie Jewell, a linebacker. Uh, Garrett Foles, if people are looking for offensive line help. I, I think you can call the Broncos and they'll pick up the phone. Now, who they'll move and what it would take, Obviously, those are different conversations, but I think that's a team that's kind of open for business. And, and um, 
then yeah, we'll see what else shakes loose. I mean, like two weeks ago, I would have told you maybe the Raiders would look at moving Devontae Adams, but they're, they've won two games and they're three and three, and, and I don't think that's going to happen because they're going to not consider themselves out of it. Um, the Vikings, obviously, the Kirk Cousins stuff has been out there, but doesn't sound like he wants to go anywhere, and you know, doesn't sound like they're in a hurry to move him. So, I uh, look, it'll, it'll happen. There'll be moves. Um, I'm curious what Carolina does. Haven't won a game yet. Don't play this week. Couldn't get a deal done with Brian Burns, their star pass rusher, in the offseason. Somebody makes a good enough offer. Do they think about moving him? Um, you know, so look at those teams near the bottom of the standings and pieces that uh, that, that might not fit for one reason or another and see, uh, see if maybe some of those guys could be on the move. Let me throw one more at you. The Tennessee Titans yeah, are 2-4. and four. They're heading to the bye week. Yeah. They have the third worst record in the AFC. Derrick Henry turns yeah. 30 in January and is in the final year of his contract. Could Henry be on the move? And then a follow-up to that, would the Detroit Lions get involved in a deal like that? Because that's the type of guy that likes to bite kneecaps, as Dan Campbell would say. Yeah, but he he uh, he would you know disintegrate kneecaps like he's a he's a the power he brings to the run game would would fit their style. Yes, I mean it's a good hypothetical and it makes a lot of sense logically. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard that. Uh, I think you know it, it, it's Tannehill's more the guy people talk about with with Tennessee because they got two young quarterbacks in the wings, but they do have a young running back in the wings, uh, the, the Tulane kid, uh, Tyree Spears. So I think it's possible. Uh, my my issue with that one, in terms of uh, how realistic it is, is teams are not even if it's Derrick Henry, teams are not in a hurry to give you something of value for a thirty-year-old running back. It's not a position teams value very highly. It's not a, you know it's an age at which teams are leery. Yeah, if there's a team like that, like if David Montgomery were out for the season or something, and oh we got to make sure we stay on top of this, and we're Detroit. Sure, but that's not the case with Montgomery, and I think they're they're pretty happy with what they got. Danny, great stuff. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for the insight. My pleasure, guys. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Joe is itching right now because his fighting fills are one step closer to getting back to the World Series. Is Bryce Harper made baseball completely forget about Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? We'll discuss next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I'll tell you what, it's it's really awesome to watch the Phillies right now. It, it really is because it's it, it is one of those special postseasons for that team in particular where it's not you hope that something special is going to happen. It's that you expect something special is going to happen. And you're you haven't been let down yet. And that's really remarkable and it's really rare. And that city over the last two years in baseball has had a chance to really enjoy that. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I am blown away 
by Bryce Harper. Joe, I got to tell you, my impressions of Bryce Harper were always, well, he's a great player in Washington. He's banged up a decent amount, but you know what? He's going to go somewhere. He's going to get a ridiculous amount of money. He's going to be that typical mercenary. He'll have a great career, but you'll just always be wondering, you know, was this always just about as much money as possible for Bryce Harper? The personality as he has really settled into Philadelphia the last few years has been so great to watch. You can't help but love the guy in the way that he bonds with that town and in the way that he handles himself. And what really struck me was this last week um, with Pat McAfee. He, He went on McAfee's show and he was talking about pressure and being able to excel in pressurized situations. Just take a look and listen to this and tell me this is not someone that has an incredibly unique perspective on it. I dropped out of high school at 16. I got my GED, went into JUCO, and it was like, I have to be the number one pick. That's the pressure, right? That was the pressure. I have to be the number one pick. I have to be the number one pick. I have to go in there. If I'm not, I'm a failure. I'm the failure. You know, I have to be able to get my my family out um, and take care of them and do the things I can to, to you know, just – take care of them forever and that was the pressure now all this this is cake this is what it's all about this is the this is the fun part of that going out there and playing in front of forty five thousand people and harnessing that energy into hitting a baseball i'm just wondering how you feel as a phillies fan having that guy be the face of your franchise there's nothing better than players who consistently deliver in the big moments that, that's the absolute best thing. I'd imagine as a Patriot fan, Brady leading you down the field with 90 seconds to go, Manning leading you down the field with 90 seconds to go. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than when either your stars or your mid-level guys like Robert Ory that are just known for big plays yeah. in big spots. There's nothing better than that. That's greatness. That's absolute greatness. It's it's why we constantly look around and we nitpick at all these guys like Dak Prescott because they just can't deliver on the big stage. When you have that, when you when 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 you're rooting for a team that has the guy who can do that, he's beloved beyond words. I I, I came up. I never thought I would like any Phillies more than Utley, Rollins, Howard, Hamels, the guys from the World Series team. Because I'm 42. I was born in 80, so all those early championships, like the Sixers and all that stuff that happened in the early 80s, I don't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. I remember Iverson and the Eagles and the stuff that didn't work out, but the Phillies were the first real championship I ever got to enjoy as a, as a fan of the Philadelphia teams. So I love those guys. I, I'll love those guys forever. Harper's taking it to another level, and I, I know I'm probably suffering some recency bias here, but my God, I, I am a parent of two boys, six and four. And the six-year-old's playing soccer and football right now. And the four-year-old played some soccer, but he's also playing t-ball. And he's gotten good at it. And I want them to be able to root for my teams. Like, I'm not going to force him into it, but with the Phils, they're on TV. I want him to sit down and watch a little bit. Baseball is hard for little kids to sit through. But the crowd reactions get my kids going. And then every single time one of them's up. Schwarber last night, especially Harper, Castellanos right now. If they're in another room, I can yell, hey, Wyatt, Wyatt, come in here. Harper's up. And he'll come in, 
And more often than not, Harper's going to do something, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to deliver. In a sport where three out of ten is wild success, Harper almost every time he's at the plate does something that's worth watching. We watch the, the replays and the highlights over and over again because of the home run, followed by the crowd reaction, followed by the sign when they, when they put the hand up to right field. All the guys, when they hit the home run, running between first and second base as they acknowledge the outfield. Yep. It's just, it's the best, man. It's the absolute best. I was telling someone last night at my older son's soccer practice, I'd rather have Harper than Otani. And that doesn't make any analytical sense. So anyone who has the argument for me about true value, I'm not interested in it because I know you're right. I just like Harper more. I love what Harper brings to the table. The leadership, the style, the charisma, the delivering in the clutch. Love that dude. One of my favorite players of all time already. I think it's awesome. And having worked in that town, uh, I worked there in 2016, 2017. And at the time, it was always about how do we get our guy back here? And our guy was Mike Trout. South Jersey guy. Yeah. A big Eagles fan. You see him all the time at the games, all that stuff. They were just year in and year out focused on how they were going to be able to put a package together to eventually get Mike Trout to become a Philly. Bryce Harper has made him completely irrelevant to Philly fans. 100%. Yeah. I'm just, it is a, I know people knock that, that city a lot because the fans are, so tough on their athletes at times. But what I think people don't understand, they want to love you. And they're going to give you every opportunity to really be their guy for a long time. It takes a while before you're a high-priced free agent or somebody like that where you're going to come in and they're going to immediately destroy you. Like, that doesn't happen. They want to embrace you and love you. And... It's a very rare guy that can come from the outside and form this kind of relationship with the city. The one other guy that comes to mind, and it was very short-lived, was Terrell Owens. Yeah. Because Owens came in in an era where the Eagles were one wide receiver away from the Super Bowl. And when he came in, and remember there was that whole arbitration thing or whatever, mediation with Baltimore, he ends up landing in Philly, and on the first play of his tenure in Philly, I think it was Monday night against the Ravens, McNabb threw a bomb down the sideline, and Owens caught it and scored a touchdown at the link, and like that was it. Forever solidified as an eagle that people would love forever. Now, it went south towards the end, but a lot of that wasn't his fault. He figured out a way to come back injured to play in the Super Bowl and catch 10 passes for, I believe, a buck 22. Yeah. So he, he's an outsider that was able to crack through very quickly like Harper. Yeah, listen, I, I just get so much enjoyment out of watching that city, and specifically Citizens Bank Park, when they're playing right now. It's it's absolutely amazing. And frankly, it's an energy in baseball that we haven't quite seen in five, six, seven, I'd say ten years from a fan base. It's pretty impressive. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 